Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Emily Snyder, and I'm on the preaching team here at the Vineyard. Uh, Adam made our title slide today. <laughs> it's, yeah, he's got a type. Yeah. I like it. It's a nice one. Good job. Uh, all right, so my name is Emily Snyder. I'm on the preaching team here at the Vineyard. Uh, and we're going to continue on in our little moment of uh, talking about being outward facing and invitational. Uh, the last few weeks, as Adam's been preaching about this, have you ever been um, out like hiking, or even if you go out to Trace Pittman on that little awesome trail, you might see a tree that is the same tree, but one part of it has really like branched off. And that is the image that I get in my head when we talk about being outward facing and invitational. You're still part of the same tree, but you're kind of leaning out just a little bit. And in doing so, uh, causing the system that you're a part of to look a little different. So, so we're going to be continuing in that. Uh, you could maybe consider this message a sequel to last week's. So um, something Adam said last week that really stood out to me, he said, since we have such an amazing community here at the Vineyard, and I want to make no mistake about that, we do. Okay, But since we have such an amazing community here at the Vineyard, we do run the real risk of getting stuck in our fishbowl, right? And so his, uh, his message last week was titled, Come and See. And I, uh, this week, we're going to be talking about show and tell. Show and tell. Uh, I recently listened, listened to a memoir. I love an audiobook. Uh, I recently listened to this memoir. It came out back in 2021. It's called Crying in H Mart. I know at least one person in the room has read it, Lindsay, uh, as well. Um, and in this memoir, the author tells the story of her and her mother's tumultuous relationship. Uh, and it's set against the backdrop of her mother's uh, diagnosis with a terminal disease. Uh, her mother is Korean, her dad is American, and because of the fraught relationship she had with her mother, she often found that it was difficult to kind of tap into the Korean part of her heritage, but one way that she and her mom really connected was through their love of Korean food, which is arguably some of the best food. Uh, yeah, correct. Um, so after her death, uh, the author tried grief counseling, but what actually ended up having the most benefit was that she stumbled upon this cooking blog uh, published by a Korean woman who made these really helpful videos, and she taught herself by watching these videos how to cook the food that she and her mom loved, but that she had never allowed her mom to like teach her how to make. Show and tell. 
Uh, we see this all the time. It doesn't just have to be in a memoir that you listen to. In our daily life, let's think about this. Uh, how many of you have a grandma who's known for making something delicious? Okay, so if grandma makes the best biscuits in the five-county area, you can try 100 other biscuit recipes online, right? But none of them are going to be like grandma's. And the only way for you to learn how to make those biscuits is what? For her to show you and tell you how to do it. And not even tell, because oftentimes she's like, just take a little bit of flour. And you're like, how much? Um, <laughs> you need to be shown how to do it. Uh, maybe you've tried to learn a language. I've got uh, Duolingo on my phone. Has anybody ever tried to use an app to learn another language? Well, I'm trying to learn Portuguese. And I'm trying to learn Portuguese and having a hard time with it uh, because it turns out I do not learn well from a robot on my phone. Uh, but we have a Brazilian high school student living with us right now. She's an exchange student. And when I talk to her about, oh, how do you say this thing, Portuguese? And when she's like, you would never say that to anybody. Or when she says, you, when you put the A and the O together, it makes a certain sound. I'm like, oh, I understand, because she is showing and telling me how to speak her language. Will I ever be good at it? No, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, this morning, what I want us to consider is that this rhythm of show and tell actually comes very naturally to us, just as humans, right? Uh, in fact, humanity would not have survived without it, if you think back to like caveman days. We had to show the children to stay away from the saber-toothed tiger. And as much as it's true for like humanity in general, it is just as true for us in the lives that we lead in the kingdom of God. So that is what we are going to be talking about this morning. There's a really beautiful story in the book of Acts. I'm sure it played out just like this picture. But we're going to be in Acts chapter 8. I'm going to read that story. Go ahead and pull that up. Starting in verse 26. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So we started out. And he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the, I don't know how to say this, and I'm sorry. Candake, yeah. The queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. And seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. So Philip ran over. He heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. And Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? And the man replied, I love this, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. And the passage of scripture he had been reading was this. 
He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? And so beginning with this same scripture, which is Isaiah as we know it now, Isaiah 53, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? So he ordered the carriage to stop. And they went down into the water. And Philip baptized him. When he came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. Bizarre. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. Yeah. So the first thing I want us to see this morning is that sometimes we are Philip. Uh, In verses 26 and 27, and then again in verse 29, the Holy Spirit spoke... Philip listened and obeyed. In order for us to show and tell others the good news of Jesus, God first shows and tells it to us. And furthermore, further out from just that first encounter you may have with the Lord, he's doing it all the time and telling us where to go and what to say, who to connect with, And I think that's really encouraging news for us this morning because it means that we don't have to make anything happen. In fact, we probably shouldn't. It gets weird. Uh, It's enough to get up in the morning, feed your kids, get everyone to school, go to work, come back, help your kids with homework, make dinner, go to bed. That's my day, roughly, (laughs) in a nutshell. Uh, These things seem small. They seem inconsequential. They seem a little menial. Uh, But here's the catch. So we do all of this while also having trained our ears and our hearts to hear God speaking to us in the middle of it. To put in a real-world context... I'd like to propose this morning that it's not a coincidence if someone you haven't thought about in three months pops into your head while you're giving your child a bath. That's the Holy Spirit. So, you may be wondering, how do I do that? How do I listen to God throughout my day? Well, wouldn't that be a great opportunity to show and tell people? (laughs) Yeah. Um, For me... Okay, and I think the answer is different for everybody, but for me, uh, I think 10% of the time, if I'm looking at like my week, okay, 10% of the time, it's like dedicated time in the word, it's praying, it's coming to church, it's singing, it's worship. The other 90% of the time, is God not talking? Of course he is. Of course he is. And the joy of a life spent following Jesus is finding him in the hidden places throughout your day. 
Um, I'll give you an example. <clears throat> I don't know why, but I have noticed that when I'm cooking dinner, I tend to hear God speaking to me. When I'm boiling noodles and chopping onions, which really makes my eyes hurt, you guys. Like, I think more than an ordinary person. I've Googled it. Uh, <laughs> but in those moments of cooking dinner, I hear the Lord. If you've ever gotten a text from me during dinner time, could have been uh, that the Lord was speaking to me about you. I, I pray, um, I turn on worship music, or I listen to an audiobook that is like Jesus-centered. Uh, and it's just kind of like time built into my natural day um, where the Lord seems to be really close. I could put it another way, though. Uh, for whatever reason, I am more open to the Holy Spirit during that time. Uh, there's some of you who wake up really, really early before the house wakes up, and that's when God speaks to you. I don't understand that lifestyle, but I commend you for it. I know he talks at 5 a.m. I've never heard, <laughs> but I know he does. Um, there's some of you who are shower prayer warriors, right? And I'll tell you something, we need you. We need shower prayer warriors. Keep taking showers, keep praying. <laughs> These seem like absurd examples, to be fair, and they're a little funny. Um, but if God can't meet us in our day to day, then when can he? Do you really want to only encounter the Lord 10% of the time that you may make? Or do you want to wake up to the fact that 100% of the time that you are breathing, awake or asleep, God is speaking? Secondly, what I notice about Philip is that he knew what he was about. <clears throat> and we specifically see this in verses 30 and 35. Um, okay, sometimes when I hear my husband talk about work, I, don't, I know um, where he works in like a general sense of what he does. Jeremy could probably fill me in later. Um, I don't really know like the ins and outs of it. Let me give you a better example. My kids are really getting into Pokemon I don't know what this is. Okay, I know that it's a thing, and there's a little yellow guy. Um, is he a good guy or a bad guy? I don't know. Uh, why do we trade people? I don't, I don't understand. Everything I know about Pokemon comes from my six-year-old, and he was very passionate about it. Um, very passionate. Most of us are never going to be experts on most things. That's something I've learned. I want to be, but we're just not going to be. Um, at, at best, most of us can have like an over your head conversation maybe about like one field. If you're really smart, two. If you're a Hurchin, three. That's my, <laughs> that's what I kept thinking this week. I'm like, I don't know. There are some exceptions to this rule. Um, this is probably my favorite part of the whole passage though because Philip's question and the traveler's response the Holy Spirit nudged Philip towards the chariot. The Holy Spirit said, go walk along beside that chariot. But once Philip heard the words of the prophet Isaiah being spoken out loud, he knew what he was about. And this is really important for us to grasp 
when we're accepting this invitation to become more outward-leaning and invitational, we need to know what we are about. If you're going to be about it, what? Be about it. Um, Consider this a call for us to hold the things of God and the kingdom close to us. You don't know what you don't know. You don't recognize what you don't recognize. How many of you have ever been away from home and you've encountered something that reminds you of home? Maybe it's a food. Maybe it's a song on the radio. Um, I like to imagine that Philip was walking down this desert road. Read for that. He's just out in the middle of nowhere, okay? Uh, With the sole purpose of, God told me to be here. Uh, And he hears the words of Isaiah being spoken aloud, and it felt like home to him. It felt like home to him. It didn't matter that he was in the middle of nowhere because he knew what he was about. And I really got a strong sense this week. If I could just give a pastoral word. Um, While I was preparing this message, I got a really strong impression that for those of us in the room who are raising young children, which is me, it is especially especially pertinent for us. Now, if you're sitting here and you're thinking, I'm done raising children. I don't have any children to raise. You go to the vineyard. We've got more children than we can keep track of. So you've been enlisted. I don't know if you knew that. You've been enlisted. But this is really important um, because more than anything, I want my children to know that their home is in the word of God. And when they hear it, to know what they are about. We are not just cultivating our lives to be show and tell lives. We are raising show and tell children as well. And it starts at home. Here's something else I want you to know. You do not ever have to have held a microphone on a Sunday morning in order to tell your neighbor or your coworker or your friend that God loves them. All Philip did was ask a really simple question. Do you understand what you're reading? He was curious. That's it. He didn't start off with a sales pitch. He didn't start off saying, I have 10 steps for you to learn, to understand what you're reading. He actually asked a question that cared for this stranger's heart first. Do you understand what you're reading? And he knew what he was about. Okay, so sometimes we're Philip. Sometimes we are the other character in this story. Sometimes we are the Ethiopian eunuch, which is something you never thought you'd hear in church. Uh, Sometimes we are outsiders, though, who want in. Uh, We see this in verses 27 and 28, verse 31. Has there ever been a time in your life where you felt like an outsider, but you wanted in? I, I promise you, everybody in this room has. And if you're like, no, never. I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to hear more. Uh, but 
I've told this story before. I'm going to tell it again because it's the most outside I've ever felt and the most inside I've ever wanted to be. <laughs> um, in early 2020, you guys remember that? Okay, early 2020, Dusty, my husband, and I, um, we decided to take up beekeeping. Now, this was not a pandemic hobby. We actually planned to do this before COVID, well, before we knew COVID was a thing. Um, we read books. We went to workshops. Did you know they have beekeeping school? We went to it, okay? <laughs> we went to it. We joined the local group here of beekeepers who are very kind, helpful people. Uh, I Beekeeping Twitter is a thing, um, <laughs> uh, and Instagram. There's this lady in Texas who goes and removes hives from places with no like gear on, and it's like, what? Anyway, we did all the things. I studied and prepared more for beekeeping than I did to have my first child, and that's not a joke. Okay, it's not a joke. Uh, oh. So we were really informed. Okay, we were really informed. So we get out to do our first hive check, and it did not go well <laughs> at all. And we were like, hmm, that wasn't in the book. Uh, and then we give it a little bit, and we go out to do our next hive check a week or so later, and it went really poorly. And as we were running from the bees... <laughs> Uh, I remember distinctly thinking, I wish there was someone here who knew what they were doing because I thought I did. I had all the information. I very much did not know what I was doing. Whether by birth as a Gentile or due to his physical body, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch in this story was definitely not a Jew. Uh, in fact, he would have been supremely uninvited, according to the law. And yet, we learn that he is on his way home from Jerusalem. That he had been there for the purpose of worship. Not only that, he had obtained a copy of the Holy Scriptures. And it was the prophet Isaiah. And he didn't just have it. He was reading it out loud as he was traveling home. And yet... The answer to his question, the answer to Philip's question tells us everything we need to know. This man still did not feel like he was on the inside. And here's what I want us to notice about this, is who actually does the inviting in this story? In verse 31, it says that it was the eunuch who urged Philip up into his chariot to teach him. This rocked me today, or this week. Uh, sometimes we are grandma making biscuits, but sometimes we are the person who needs to learn. Uh, being outward-leaning and invitational does not mean that we have all the answers, and those we're leaning toward, those poor souls, do not. Um, that statement might not be a bombshell for you, but the more I thought about it this week, I was like, Lord, I'm sorry, because that's how I've been approaching it, and it's 
incorrect. So my confessions to you today. I found myself feeling very tender toward this man while studying the text this week. And I think it's because I recognize uh, the same kind of hunger that he had. I have had for the Lord as well. Uh, I too have longed for God and not really understood where or how to find him. Can anybody relate to that? Yeah. And what this man did in this moment of invitation was actually make space for Philip to point him in the direction of the one who claimed was living water, right? Uh, And if we can just extrapolate a little bit. So he was in Isaiah, it was Isaiah 53, Just a little bit later in Isaiah, could we bring up Isaiah 56? This blew my mind this week. Don't let foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord say, the Lord will never let me be part of his people. And don't let the eunuchs say, I'm a dried up tree with no children and no future. For this is what the Lord says. I will bless those eunuchs and keep my Sabbath days holy, who keep my Sabbath days holy and who choose to do what pleases me and commit their lives to me. I will give them within the walls of my house a memorial and a name far greater than sons and daughters could give. For the name I give them is an everlasting one. It will never disappear. You can't tell me that Philip did not share this with him. That just rocks me because here we are seeing somebody's life being completely intersected by the Lord. And it reminds me of all the ways that the Lord has intersected my life as well. And especially in times that I've invited others to come alongside me and to show me and to tell me about God's love and care for me in whatever season I may be in. So if you're wondering where to start, here's a question for you this morning. Uh, What are you hungry for? What are you thirsty for? Maybe you're hungry to like understand the Bible more. Maybe you grew up in a home that you're now realizing was not okay. (laughs) And you're hungry and thirsty to just see what like a normal family who loves Jesus looks like. Uh, Maybe you're mad at God and you need to just tell somebody why. What are your areas of deep need? I would encourage you to sit with those questions for a little while this week. I feel like the Lord will be faithful to reveal them to you. Uh, And then I'd encourage you to invite wise counsel or some longtime followers of Jesus to show and to tell you the good news for those areas of your life. All right. Band, you can come on up. And if you are one of the couples who are serving communion, please come on up as well. Uh, Jesus did a lot of show and tell in his days here on earth. And one thing he did was he took some bread... And he said, when you eat this, 
Remember that this is my body and it was broken for you. And then he took some wine and he served everyone at the table and he said, uh, when you drink this, remember that this is my blood and it was poured out for you. So we get to have a really special moment together this morning uh, doing something that we see Jesus showing and telling his disciples how to do in the gospel. So I'm going to pray. The band's going to play. And then we are just going to invite you to come up and receive this meal together. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.